Welcome to another episode of the Sheepdogs Podcast here with Father Jacob Willig. And we have our guest today, Daniel. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm so honored to be with you guys. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah, man. We're so excited to have you. I know you know Father Jacob from a while back, and we were just talking about how I think we met at an Abide conference a few years ago in Cincinnati. And I've been aware of all the great work you're doing ever since. And we're just so excited to dive into it today. And so before we get started, uh, Father Jacob, could you lead us in a prayer? Sure. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, your son, Daniel, for Johnny, for myself. We thank you for uh, the way, Lord, that we've been called to your ministry in different ways, but to, um, to bring your light to the world. We pray that we may especially know your presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, in this podcast today, in our words, especially uh, bless all those who are listening to this also, that may, they may know your grace, that they may be inspired, and pray especially that we always walk with you, Lord, especially this day and uh, in this time together. And we commend everything to you, Lord Jesus, in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Jacob, do you want to introduce uh, Daniel? Yeah, so Daniel Rodriguez, uh, super excited to have you on. Daniel works for Damascus, uh, and I probably, sorry, I don't know your title, but yeah, we spent some time together this summer, super inspired by him and uh, just his energy, the work that he's doing up there. It was great, too. We were just texting before this, and he's like, can we meet at 11.05? And I love that. <laughs> we're going to meet at 11, but he's he plans things out so well, so I know he's just like so dedicated to getting things done. <laughs> and he's on mission too. He has a great heart for it. So uh, always inspired by this man. And uh, yeah, Daniel, welcome. Can you uh, tell us your title up there at Damascus or a little bit what, you, what you're doing? Totally, Father. Thank you so much. You're, you're awesome. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's so good. To, you know, I think every every time that we that we get to talk, the Lord is just, he's just moving in my heart as well. So I'm just excited to, to be with you guys. And, and Johnny, it's crazy to, to look back, man, on uh, just how fast time flies, man. How fast time flies since we met. I think we met in 2019, 2018, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited to be here. But yeah, as as you said, I do work for, for Damascus Mission Campus. This is my second year with Damascus. And uh, this year, I'm working in our missionary program department. So that is in charge of all of our missionaries, all of our recruiting of missionaries, all of our formation of our missionaries. So uh, we have a two-year missionary program. And my job is future missionary advisor. So all of the um, endeavors or events that we do on the road on college campuses or conferences to invite young adults and college students into mission uh, falls under under me. So I'll be going on the road uh, to, con- to different um, campuses around the country and different conferences to, yeah, to be able to just preach the gospel to young people and invite them to, to give their lives to, to Jesus on mission, whether that's for a summer with us at Catholic Youth Summer Camp or for the two-year missionary program. So it's a dream come true. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. And of course, yeah, we've had some of our alumni and some of our students now work uh, over the summer at Damascus. And it's just great to see them come back and how their hearts are set afire for the Lord. 
And one thing I really love uh, about these students is they realize they just have this mentality of mission is one thing I've noticed uh, in the students who have been to Damascus even for one summer, Catholic Youth Summer Camp. And I'm inspired by that. And it's good, just a good reminder for me too, right? To just have mission, uh, to be mission-minded. Um, but I, one thing I really loved or I kind of latched onto, it's been on my mind uh, on and off since the summer as you gave a little talk, my last day at Damascus. And you mentioned um, the country club mentality. Yeah. <laughs> that because I think it's so easy to fall on that whether it's our youth group or, our, you know, our group that we're in, our clique or whatever, um, it's easy to fall in that. But can you kind of explain, yeah, how, what that means or, yeah, what you call people onto in the midst of that? Totally, totally. I think that's so funny. So that's something that we, that we, that we use a lot of Damascus when it comes to. So I don't know if you knew, uh, maybe you, were, you, you did hear when we were describing what some of our missionary mindsets are at Damascus. So we have five missionary mindsets at Damascus. That, that first one is Jesus-centered, right? So we are a people who are Jesus-centered. The second one is mission-focused. And we're joy-filled, obedient, and toilet plungers. The last one is interesting, but it, it makes a lot of sense when you talk about it. And that just means we're willing to get into the mess, right? So to stick on mission focus, right, is that um, we understand this reality that every single one of us, uh, you know, every Christian has been given a universal call to holiness and universal call to mission, right? That as a Christian, it's not enough for me to encounter Jesus myself if I'm just keeping that to me and not going outward and sharing the gospel, right? So the church herself was made to be evangelistic. The church herself was meant to go out as Jesus um, instructed his apostles. So I know me and you were talking a little bit about this a couple of days ago, but like, what is the great commission, right? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about like, this isn't like something that we, you know, say is like a mentality is just kind of like something that we describe and, and people on our staff describe as like, if, if we receive formation, right? Wherever we're receiving formation, and we live in community, which oftentimes on college campuses and in the young adult world, it's pretty easy to have community in a sense. It's, it's, it's good to um, you, like you can form a community, like you can gather people together and people love gathering together. But I think once you do that, if you're encountering Jesus, you're receiving formation in some sort of way and you have a community, but it stays there. It can be something like a country club or it can be something like another clique or another like um group that just comes together for the sake of coming together but the christian life is meant to go out right so uh, when we say that that like as we're receiving formation as we encounter jesus in some way shape or form in community that we can take that forth from there and actually go out and share it with other people inviting them into that community that we have so not negating the fact that community is important right so the lord said it's not good for man to be alone right he wants us to be in community but actually focusing outward and sharing the gospel with others. So that's kind of what we talk about when we, when we focus on that and when we instruct our, our high schoolers who are coming in, which is the talk that you were at, is, is let's, let's make sure that you're focusing on those three areas of your life, right? That you're receiving formation, that you have a community where you can talk about Jesus, where you can live, um, you know, Jesus-centered, mission-focused, but that you guys are actually focusing and talking about how can I invite other people into this who don't know the goodness of Jesus. So, yeah, I think that's so great. I think one thing that comes to mind too, when you speak about that is oftentimes people are trying to find a community or a church, I think, and they want to be fed, you know, that's kind of one of those uh, right. terms, like I want to be fed and which is true, but also to realize like when we're really, uh, when we're serving, right. When we learn how to serve, we learn how to, to be the light, we receive more than we ever give. 
Yeah, I think that's something that I know, like I need to communicate more, just help people to understand that or even myself, right? At times, but sometimes we're just searching on what we could take from something, you know, but realize like if we want to have a fulfilled life, we have to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. And first of that has to be God, of course, but, and he wants to fill us, but we're only going to be filled more if we share what we got, you know, if we are fruitful, right? Because if we're just trying to fill and, uh, you know, have the feel goods and all that, then uh, yeah, we're not going to have reach the capacity that we're called to of just knowing mm-hmm. the fullness of when we're laying down our lives, like Jesus said, you know, um, yeah, true love is this one who lays down their life for their friends. Yes. And we do really find the fullness when we give ourselves away. So it's good to yeah, get past that of like, of course, we want to be fed, but that's not all we're searching for, right? We're, we got mm-hmm. to get to work too, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you think is a good way to uh, maybe help people understand that? Or like, what is a good way, at least in your experience, to help um, when you're training for Damascus or trying to relay that to people who are you're trying to onboard? Um, or maybe like any insights to college campus, how we could just implement that in our small communities, whether it's our households or uh, just here at the Newman Center or yeah, just even in our small groups. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what comes to mind is really uh, just this um, this call to evangelize, right? So in that, so I think if we don't understand that as Christians, we're called to evangelize, then the word mission doesn't really make sense. Because I think a lot of times, and it's like, what? Well, what is mission, right? And and as the Great Commission says, right? Like we are all called to go out and baptize um, people of all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And I think when we talk about that, then it's like, what does that mean? Like, what does that even mean for a college student? What does that mean for somebody who is just now encountering Jesus or has encountered Jesus and is so hungry and ready to share with him with others, but they don't really understand how? And I think the best thing, and even as I was praying beforehand uh, today, is just getting started. Kind of like you said, it's just like not overcomplicating it. I think so often we can look at like it can be a little bit intimidating to share Jesus with other people. Um, but then as something that I've been t- thinking about a lot as we prepare to go a lot on college campuses is, is, is the reality that people on college campuses aren't scared to share with you other things that aren't of Jesus. Right. So as Christians, as, as Christians who, who literally have the God of the universe living inside of us, we shouldn't be afraid to share the good news of the gospel. Right. So I think going out to evangelize. So, you know, when it comes to college campuses is, is getting started on first and foremost, your relationship with Jesus. I think that so often I, I reflect on this, that like we can go and be so ready to go on mission. Well, we don't focus on our own intimacy with the Lord. We're not praying every single day. We're not focusing on hearing God's voice for ourselves every day. And if, you know, we say this all the time, but we can't give what we don't have. So if I don't have intimacy with Jesus, I am not spending personal time with him every single day. And that's not the most important thing. If I go out and try to share him with others, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to, I'm going to rely on myself and not on him. Right. So I think getting started with a personal relationship with him. And then, you know, and the way that you can invite people onto, onto mission is just by evangelizing right so sharing the good news that's that's literally what that means is when i evangelize i'm going to go out to share good news and when you're on a college campus young adults and college students are so hungry for good news they are constantly hearing bad news in their own minds the evil one is constantly whispering bad news to them and they're they're just around a world of bad news and as we know the good news of the gospel is just too good so I think being able to start from a place of intimacy with the Lord and then going into, okay, how can I, how can I share my testimony very 
like very in a very normal not weird way with this person that is asking me like hey i notice you go to the catholic center all the time like why you know like why do you go to church why is that important to you and not being afraid to say hey actually it's because jesus changed my life i used to live this way i was depressed i was anxious i was addicted and then i gave my life to jesus and this is what my life looks like now i've never been more joyful i've never been more fulfilled so i think the power of testimony on college campuses is everything and also i say I, as i as we train so we have a campus ambassador program where we a lot of the missionaries that come serve with us in the summer or have served with us full time go back to campus and this campus ambassador program is designed simply to bring revival on college campuses so what that is 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 actually like well what if what if when i go back to campus I am such a joy-filled servant that people ask me like, what happened to you? You know, like, why, why are you so happy all the time? I think that's something that, that I say all the time is the joy of the gospel should be in my face all the time because I know that God is alive. So I think it's simply just the power of invitation, right? Inviting people into what your life looks like and why it is that you live the way that you do but then inviting them, right? So there's a constantly, uh, you, I'm sure you guys have this as we've talked about it in the last couple of days, like there's so many events, right? That like in college campuses, it's the power of invitation. Come to this event, come to this cookout, come to this party, whatever, so that you can be around people that are authentic and genuine and love Jesus. So those are the first few things that come to mind. Daniel, that's that's really good. And, and I liked what you talked about, um, fighting for the joy of the gospel. And I, and I have a question on that because yeah. I think a lot of times, and I've, I've been starting to talk uh, with some guys I know about this, that when you first start off in, you know, your faith journey, that joy is what initially draws you in. And mm. then as you kind of get to know the Lord more, you start to experience your cross. I mean, Jesus says, unless you pick up your cross daily, you cannot be my disciple. And you start to see, at least in my role too, I see the culture of death a lot and it's mm -hmm. very tempting to be discouraged in the face of all this um that really jesus himself uh is up against but we're just his disciples now how do you uh fight for that joy of the gospel on days where you're just maybe mm. you're having a spiritual attack or things like that yeah how do you constantly mm. keep that keep that as part of who you are yeah man that's such a good question um i think that's something that even in the last year or so that i um, you know, like you said, there's times where, where you're not, I think so often, like we, we, we forget that when we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to a life of suffering. Right. And I think we, we try to have all the good things that Jesus brings, which is, you know, infinite amount of, of joy and happiness and consolation and, um, literally a taste of heaven when we, when we are living in communion with him. Um, and when suffering comes around, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm good. You know, like, I, I think I'll, I think I'll pass on that Jesus, but I think we forget the power of, of like the, it, the, like the Christian life didn't happen without the cross. Right. So, um, while at the same time, I think, um, you know, for me in moments where, you know, there's been moments of desolation or moments of where like, yeah, it's really hard to choose joy to be honest with you. And, and I, I reflect on this a lot. I think somebody that I think about a lot, which is so interesting because it's not like, it was a big part of my life, but it, it's always stuck with me is Mother Teresa. Like Mother Teresa was uh, somebody who was suffering for like her entire life and nobody knew 
<laughs> like nobody knew not to say that like we aren't called to you know share this with others but this was somebody who suffered with joy and I think why did you suffer with joy and so many other people that suffered with joy so many of the saints of a church is they suffered with joy because they knew of the resurrection right like they knew the power of the resurrection and they held on to that so I think for me man in my own life when I'm I'm in the midst of of a of a hard season or a, a season of desolation or or suffering. I hold on to first and foremost the the reality that Jesus is alive and that He rose from the dead. So in whatever circumstance I'm going through, whatever cross I'm carrying, there will be a resurrection, and that's the promise of the gospel, right? Is like He did literally promise suffering, but He also promised the resurrection. And I think too, um, from that place, understanding that um, I can give of myself in a way that is is onto the lord right so i can unite my sufferings to jesus that we have this beautiful teaching in the catholic church that is redemptive suffering so in that i can also partake in the work of salvation history right with the lord um but i think for me too is is also just almost um we like to say like pressing into the suffering um so like if i'm suffering like uh, as I was saying earlier, if I'm turning away from it, I'm actually running from a moment of intimacy with Jesus. I'm, a, I'm actually running away from a moment of growth or an area of growth where God wants me to see a new part of his heart and to learn more about myself in a new way, right? So if, I, if I'm in a season of, of hardship or in a season of desolation, can I, can I be so at peace that no matter what God's going to have me, right? That I'm in the palm of his hand, but also that as I lean into this, I'm actually going to meet Jesus in a greater way because it's through the suffering that we meet and encounter him, right? So um, there's just some few ways. And I think also just as I, as I reflect on, on your question, it's, you know, how do you maintain joy? And I think um, thinking of, you know, the beauty of, of our Catholic faith, right? Is like, I may be having a horrible day in my life. Like I may be having the worst day of my life, but I get to go to mass every day if I can, if I want to, right? Like I'm receiving Jesus full body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist into my body. And that should actually be like the ultimate um, goal or, or, or desire of my life is to live in full communion and union with him. Like all the external stuff, relationships and uh, work, school, whatever. Um, I think just simplifying it of like, wait, actually, like I'm made for Jesus and I can encounter him right now and I can focus on my intimacy with him and whatever cross I'm carrying, whatever darkness I'm going through right now. Um, you know, he's the light and I'm going to come and find the light in him. So those are a few thoughts. Wow. That's wow, that's that reminds me of, uh, Pope Francis, I think, in one of his letters talks about, you know, people need to hear every day that Jesus walks with them each and every day to to light, enlighten them, to strengthen them, and to guide them. And I think that's mm. so true. That's good that you know that, right, deep in your heart. Because certainly we need that connection with the Lord uh, and just to, to be fed in that. But also from others, I was, uh, I'm taking these classes right now for spiritual direction. And the one right now mm. is a, more of a psychology class to, to study about human nature and uh, human person and it's been fascinating so i was watching this video as part of it from this uh this psychiatrist or psychologist and she's uh from england and they did this study and it's fascinating that basically uh, these people voluntarily did this but basically they hooked them up they had these uh, little shock pads on their ankles right and so they would shock their ankles at times okay and so firstly you know they had their brain uh hooked up all of these uh things they could monitor the brain waves. And so they'd shock these people 
And of course mm. their brain, they'd have all these like, you know, basically fireworks in the brain, like show up, you know, like all these brain waves and experiencing pain, not, not enjoying it at all. But then they also had like their loved one come in and have like a meaningful conversation and hold their hand when they were shocked. Wow. And their brain basically just stayed totally normal. Like no crazy, like, you know, fireworks going off, like all this brain activity. And they said then it was just like, it was just uncomfortable to be shocked in that moment. And so I think it's so beautiful to realize like when we have community, but especially with the Lord too, like we could go through amazing, difficult things when we have God with us supporting us. Like, you know, I think of Jesus doing things out of love for the father. He knew the father's love. So he did everything for us. So the same with us for Jesus, but also our need for community also, right? When we have a tough time, a tough day, we could call up a friend or like talk to someone who could remind us of who we are whose we are, who we're called to be. It's just so powerful because the devil obviously wants to isolate us. He wants us to, to feel that fullness of pain. But when the Lord knows we need each other, you know, that we have our families, we have friends, we have community. And uh, so it's funny how like psychology even shows that uh, in a big way, you know, just our need for love our need for community and need for intimacy with one another, good friendship. And, but also with the Lord, especially too, you know, I think of St. John of the Cross or some of these guys who were just like, receiving that from the lord and the lord does literally provide that you know supernatural grace more than just what's natural to uh to fill us and uh yeah so it's just fascinating how all that works too um and the lord continually providing for us so absolutely yeah. something that comes to mind as you say that is uh um you know and the lord says that man shall not live on bread alone but mm -hmm. from every word from every word that comes from the mouth of god and i think that is also something for me that i was thinking about that i was like what was i forgetting um is this reality that i can hang on to the promises that the lord has made me in the deepest seasons of suffering and desolation in my life and i think that was something for me you know in, in these past you know few years and moments of like really deep desolation or, or suffering in some way shape or form now uh, we're pruning right or purification that the lord is in um something that he's instructed me in prayer and would speak constantly is like daniel go back to your journal go back to the words that I've spoken to you in prayer. And then when sometimes when I didn't even know what he was saying to just go to the word, right. To go to the word. And, and as Catholics, like we don't, we don't read the word of God enough. We don't read the Bible enough. And I mean, it's there that we find him, you know, like he's just as alive as he is in the Eucharist. So I think um, something that I really have seen so much fruit in my life and so much fruit in people's lives around me is, you know, no matter what is going on right now, if I'm seeking his voice, and I'm looking back on like, okay, three months ago, the Lord promised me this, or a year ago, he promised me this, um, and tapping into that, um, that relationship piece, it no longer becomes like, uh, this like dreadful, like moment where I'm just like, like when the Lord asks us to do something out of obedience or to suffer in some way, shape or form, like he asks us to do that with joy and like, like, Lord, let this be my greatest joy and desire to, to become one with you in this area of my life, right? Not in a, in a way of wishing it away or reluctancy, which is hard. Uh, but I think, again, that that's where we can find uh, just a new part of his heart and, and, and come to know ourselves in a way greater way than we didn't before. So that's another thought that came to mind as you were saying that, that as we seek his voice in prayer, everything just is so much easier. <laughs> mm -hmm. Daniel, I want to touch on that real quick, because uh, I think sometimes a lot of people, when they start to develop that prayer life, they will uh, look out for God's voice. And then once they find it, they may sense like, it's actually not God that is not willing to love them. It's them 
that has some wound or some something in their lives that is preventing mm-hmm. them from allowing God to love them. And I think of like Father Mike Schmitz talks about how he was kind of the uh, second son of the prodigal son who was there mm-hmm. with his father and his father was trying to love him and he just rejected him. And so I don't know if you have any advice for that, uh, for maybe people getting into the faith, uh, developing their prayer life and uh, just allowing God to enter in and to work through things that maybe, um, yeah, they have some resentments or some something holding them back uh, from from allowing mm. to let God in. That's so good, man. Wow. Um, yeah, I love that. I think that's so true. You know, when you think about it, it's like, I think a lot of us, uh, when we teach, uh, you know, the youth that that God speaks, you know, a lot of the time we do this, uh, almost like this demonstration up front from the stage that, uh, you know, I can actually be right next to God. And as I commit, you know, a sin or as I'm hurt in some way, like I begin to go further and further and further away, but God actually doesn't move, right? Like he stays right where he's at. Um, but it seems like because of our circumstance around us, um, around us that we, that we're further from the Lord when actually we, we need to come down to the foundation of the reality that like, if I'm a baptized Christian, not only do I get to, as a Catholic, receive him in the Eucharist, but he, you know, the Holy Trinity is living within me. So he is alive in my heart and I'm a literal living temple, right? And, and he dwells in my heart. So um, I think for anybody starting out, man, I think I, I would always just say, keep it simple. You know, I think we can, we can overcomplicate our relationship with the Lord because it, it is almost, there's like a, a good fear of the Lord, but also sometimes we're like, oh, well, I have to, you know, I have to do this thing and this thing and this thing. If I don't pray this amount of times and these prayers and this and go to mass every day, then like God doesn't love me, you know? So I think first and foremost, like um, if somebody's just now coming to, to meet the Lord and they've encountered Jesus in some way, like almost really solidifying that foundation of the Trinity, right? Like the reality that I don't have to earn the father's love, right? There's something that we talk about all the time here at Damascus and different ministries too, that, um, yeah, there's something like performance-based mentality in a sense, right? That if I, if I do this thing right and I um, acquire this thing, then God will love me, right? But it's actually the, real, the opposite way around is actually because I'm a son of God, I, I have an identity as a son and therefore I can do wonderful things with the Lord, right? I can, I can do greater things in Jesus as, as he said. So, um, but not the other way around. And I think when we, when we, when we, in our, in our generation now, honestly, we're so used to earning, like we got to earn people's respect. We got to earn people, our rights, whatever. Um, and I think laying down that foundation that the father loves me, no matter what, right. That he sent Jesus to save me. And so that I can through him, um, be saved, right. And go to heaven. But then Jesus also sent the Holy Spirit to live with me at all times, right? So this is something that I've been uh, contemplating on and, and um, preaching about a lot recently that I found myself and I and it was just beautiful because I was going through this myself, but the Lord just had me meditate a lot on on John chapter 15, right? That the reality that, that the Lord has called us to abide, that it's so easy, which is so funny that like me and you met at an event called Abide, right? But like literally as i've been praying the last two years i've been thinking of that of like wow like those seeds that were planted in those times that um like what does the word abide even mean right the word abide actually means to remain with it means to stay with and be with um and there's many different forms of saying that but um so if i'm called to abide like the lord says abide in me as i abide in you so that means that i'm just i'm called to be with him so like practicing that 
in my daily life that at days where I feel like I'm not doing well, that he's actually like right here with me. Um, there's this, uh, the word paraclete too, right? That, that Jesus said, like, it's better for you that I go so that I can send forth the advocate or the paraclete. And the word paraclete literally means one who is called to sit by one side. And like, when you think about that, it's like, wait a second. So like, if I simplify the fact that God is with me at all times, right? Like Emmanuel, he's God with us. I can go and receive him, right? Like, I feel like we're just so spoiled in the Catholic church. Like there's so many avenues, right? Like we can go to that. For me, the way that I would simplify it is go spend time with Jesus in the blessed sacrament every day. That's how I met him. I met him through our, our blessed mother, really. It was through the rosary. Um, and then from there, spending time with like the devotionals, right? So if you're praying the rosary, you're going to hear God's voice in some way. If you go spend time with him in the blessed sacrament from the blessed sacrament, you're going to learn how to hear his voice. If you're going to mass and you're reading, you know, you're reading the, um, reading the word of God. So here I am saying like, let's simplify, but I'm naming all these things, but like choosing one thing. So if somebody's just now starting out and they're praying, like pray for 30 minutes a day, don't overcomplicate it. Don't try to do all these things, but then also like highlighting the beauty of the sacramental life, because that's where for me, if you're living a life rooted in the sacraments, there's a I, I would be so confident to say there's literally no way that you won't. Well, some people don't, but if you're intentionally seeking his voice, I don't think there's a way that you wouldn't hear him. So. Amen. Amen. Powerful words. And I love that too. We're always here. We're always just trying to be Marian, trying to be Eucharistic. Our motto this year actually at the Newman center is truly present just because we're trying to, yeah. Wow. Be truly present to the Lord, but firstly, of course, he's truly present to us, right? And uh, mm. yeah, so thanks for those words. Super powerful. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for making the time today, too. Wow, this is an honor to hear. Just yeah, your this is here, great. Uh, yeah, just tease some of those things out. Continually teach us about mission and just to share that with our students or listeners. And uh, yeah, thanks for just your testimony, too, of just that, like being drawn close to the Lord. And just these simple things, right? It's not complicated. It's just following the Lord. And then just trying to invite people on that journey. So totally. Yeah, really appreciate it. Really appreciate yeah, you're so welcome, Father. If I can just add one more thing, you know, the the way that I think back on and even when I was on college campus, that um the this call to to live a life outward, right? So from what I experienced from encounter, from encountering Jesus in every day of my life, however I have, that I can go out and invite people into the community that I have, right? And I think it's so comfortable as a college student to go to this really awesome building that has like really awesome couches and really awesome um, food and really awesome everything. Like you literally have, and I think back even on my in my college days, like I had Jesus, I had comfy couches, I had a kitchen, I had friends, all my closest friends around me sometimes. And I was like, I don't need anything else. Right. But I think that's so we can fall into a very comfortable and me centered uh, mentality, right? That like, this is all so good. Like all the things that we have on a college ministry and like the fact that we have buildings that are just for a college campus ministry or for a Newman Center, whatever that is on campus is so important. But those buildings were there so that we could bring as many people as possible, even to the point where we outgrow those buildings. You know, I think those were always our dreams when we were in college is like, I don't even want this chapel to be enough because there's a reality that like, you know, in, and you guys are experiencing this at Miami Father is like, there is way more Catholics than we even know on a college campus or people who identify themselves as Catholics, but they're not really necessarily practicing. Um, 
So I think being able to go out of our comfort zone to say, hey, like this, everything that we have here is really good, but being able to form the leaders in your campus ministry to go out and to have some sort of outreach constantly happening, right? Have some sort of um, uh, evangelization time where everybody's going out and just saying like, hey, like we'd love to, we'd love to invite you to this event that we're doing. Or, um, you know, I think living a life um, with the Holy Spirit, right? That like you're being led by the Holy Spirit, living a life in the spirit that like when I'm on college and on my college campus and I get a prompting and I mean, my heart, I just can't get over like I keep looking at that person and I feel like super drawn to that person. And then they feel like I just need to go introduce myself. Oftentimes that's the Holy Spirit saying like, Hey, that may be a person that like needs to hear good news from you or that needs to be invited. Um, I think I look back, we were just at Indiana university uh, the other day and their campus ministry is incredible. And most people that I met who are like the regulars, they're like the regulars on campus. And, and this is one of the best Newman centers I've ever seen every almost every single person that I talked to said that they were invited into an event or they were invited to come to mass or invited to come to something and now they're they're there all the time and they're the regular people right so it's it's this this beauty of as Jesus looks to his apostles and he says come and follow me and this invitation right there's always an invitation on his part that we're called to do the same so you know, in a, in a, in a real way, being able to recognize and even ask Jesus as like a campus ministry or as a college student, like Jesus, how am I supposed to share this love with others? And that starting from there is so simple. And I feel like we often miss that, that we don't even ask him like, Lord, how are we called to invite people into this? And he's going to share his wisdom every time. And then just being docile to the spirit after that. So those are a few thoughts that I was thinking of just to kind of practically lay it down for somebody who's you know kind of worried on like where's what's the first step i would just say ask you know ask and then move forward that's great yeah thanks so much it reminds me of yeah this guy i know his goal is to invite someone to mass every single day he's not a student here but it's just wow yeah i was like blown away by that like wow what can i just invite people to i mean there's nothing like an invitation you know how simple mm -hmm. it is but uh yeah just to make that simple step so thanks so much yeah for just that that insight it's great totally and I, totally. I think about when i was at miami even just there there seemed to be a fear sometimes of inviting people that like would say we'd have a formation talk on like confession or something inviting someone that wasn't like you know hardcore catholic it's like oh what are they gonna think like all these fears start to creep in and it's like god just wants you to ask like he's not mm. gonna he's not gonna ask like you to convince this guy or to to like pull him along but just ask and and he'll do the rest of the work and I myself I've failed so many times at just doing the simple thing that he asks us to do which is just extend the invitation and that's how he can work in in radical ways but yeah it starts with uh yeah just starting with that love and not fear perfect love casts out fear um so yeah so good yeah like the apostles calling others on like come and see that's all it is you know that's literally it <laughs> that's awesome great great wow. well yeah this has been amazing again we'll probably try to love to have you on again for a merry merry episode at oh, some yeah. point uh and yeah father jacob could you uh end us in a prayer here sure sure awesome in the name of the father and of, father. The, name of the holy spirit amen heavenly father we thank you for this time together we thank you for the call that you've given us 
to just share your good news, Lord, just uh, with invitations and so many other ways and simple ways often, uh, but also in bold ways too. Pray that we can be uh, on mission, Lord, to have missionary hearts after your own son's heart, uh, our Lord Jesus. And we ask Mother Mary too to just teach us to go in haste to share the good news as she did at the visitation. We commend everything to you, Lord Jesus, through Mother Mary, our mother, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, grace. the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One, two, three. She dogs out. In exclusive bonus content here, we want Daniel has some very, very important information for us. Daniel, what can you tell us about the event you got coming up here? Yeah, totally, totally, man. So it's it's really exciting. So as we were talking with Father Jacob, there's a, uh, at Damascus, we have a young adult conference called Empower. So Empower was uh, started two years ago, um, right at kind of the end of like the, the pandemic, really in 2020, uh, 2020, yeah, 2021, 2020. And uh, this conference is specifically designed to empower young adults for the work of mission. And, you know, a lot of conferences in, um, around the country and around the world are really designed to bring people together. But this conference is designed to send people out on mission. So it's to empower you as a young adult, as a college student to, to live your mission, to find your purpose in Jesus and to go out and, and bear much fruit, right? So uh, there's, there's college students and young adults from ages to 18 to 20 years old coming from all over the country. And it's December 15th through the 18th this year at Damascus in Ohio. So it's in smack dab centerburg of Ohio, centerburg, centerburg in Ohio. Uh, it's the center of Ohio geographically. And as I said, there's uh, there's college and college students and young adults coming from all over the country. So yeah, just for anybody who is looking for uh, a time of a fellowship, a time of, of great power and worship and great talks from from people from around the country. This is a time to be empowered for your mission. So I just want to invite anybody who is looking to, yeah, to find their purpose in Jesus and to learn how you can go out and live that mission-focused life on college campus or, or wherever your sphere of influence is to come. Amazing. So let's get that right. December 15th through the 18th, 2020. Yes, December 15th through the 18th. December 2022. That's and it. Where, where do I go to find more out about that? Yeah. So if you go to empower.net, that is where you would find so, or damascus.net backslash empower. If you look up the Empower Conference, you can find that. And you can also go to all of our social media. So on our Instagram, our Facebook pages, um, we have all the advertising for Empower, but empower.net backslash, um, or empower.net is usually the 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 website where you can go find that amazing that that's amazing work you guys got going on daniel awesome thanks man you should come johnny it'll bless you <laughs> i'm thinking about it my my buddy went last year and it, he really liked it so I'll, I'll definitely consider it daniel send me some info yeah, i will i will god bless man hey thanks thanks daniel take care just do it